0: But we could go on. Happy notes. Happy notes. We're leaving (laughs) on on a happy note. We're leaving on a happy note. Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my host, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Tim is the CEO of Clicker Digital, a pay-per-click and analytics agency. As a business strategy coach, he teaches sales and marketing and helps entrepreneurs scale and grow their businesses. So what's he doing on an intimacy podcast? Well, part of exploring human intimacy is my curiosity and fascination about different kinds of people. Tim, while very business-oriented, also loves free healthcare and describes himself as a centrist. So for our American listeners in Canada, I would be considered a little bit left of center and Tim would be considered a little bit right of center, although both of us would be lefties in the United States. So it's always fun to chat with someone who has different, you know, not necessarily strongly different political views, but where we have different views about business and taxation and yeah, we just get to share each other's ideas and company and it's a good exchange. As I've watched him change and grow, I've wanted to bring him on to chat more about relationships. How do you build business relationships? Why are they important? What are some takeaways we can learn about relationships from Tim's experience in business? How has business changed Tim's life? We'll explore these questions and others with Tim today on Intimate Interactions. Welcome to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm here with Tim, the CEO of Clicker Digital, a Google pay-per-click and analytics agency. He's also an online business strategy coach with a passion in sales and marketing, and specifically helping entrepreneurs scale and grow their online business. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Excellent. How are you? I'm well. So, I mean, as well as, again, one can be in these times. Um, it is uh, it is that time to talk about intimacy in business. I'm super curious to start chatting about, like, how important it is to build relationships in business. How important is it, Tim?
1: On a scale, grading scale of of, yeah. of, of one to a hundred. Well, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> um, it's super important. It's super yeah. important. It, it depends. There's so many different facets of relationships right mm-hmm. there's your relationship between your team within your company um the depending on the size of your company so if you have a small uh, small skeleton team versus enterprise level right like the relationships between the production team and the upper um the upper management right like the ceos mm-hmm. versus the grunts right if we're going to use um let's say a uh let's say video games, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're creating a video game product, you know, like the CEOs, they have a good relationship with their, their the actual artists that's out there doing all like the stuff rather than just the top executive team, which reports to them. Um, as well as if you're a smaller business, it's relationship with your customers, relationship with your vendors, relationships with your um, your peers as well. That's super important. So mm-hmm. super important all across the board so it's a very wide subject.
0: Mhm. Yeah, no it is it is a very wide subject. Um in terms of clients, how important would you say building relationships is with clients? Obviously the that's a softball question like the answer is it's important. I guess what I'm curious what I mean to be asking Tim is more like um what parts of relationship building with clients do you feel are the most overlooked?
1: Depends on the business. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to kind of, you know, if you're at an enterprise level, you may not be listening to this, you have your own other podcasts to listen to. I'm making (laughs) assumptions here. Um, But if you have any kind of small to medium sized business, where if you're making, um, if you're making under five mil, I consider you a small business. And if you're under, I think, I want to say like 50 mil. I don't have an exact number for a between enterprise to, I think that's based on staff. There's, there's actual technical numbers for it, but it doesn't matter. Um, for small to medium sized businesses, um, the, for a lot of traditional business owners, they think about networking. They think about oh, like you know, I have to network and 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 do all these things. But you know, as somebody who specializes in digital media and digital advertising, it's we're now able to create. We're now in the age of unicorns, right? We call unicorns because there's uh, there's a there's a technical term for for unicorns, which is I think within three years you you break over one billion dollars. Holy crap! Yeah, within three years you break uh, yeah one billion dollars in valuation. That's that's incredible. The I'm thinking uh this my am I thinking billion or a hundred million? No, I think it's billion. Uh I have to go fact check this. Fact check this for me. There's but there is there is a unicorn. There's we are living the age of unicorns where um where it's just an unprecedented amount of scale within like 3 or 3 to 5 years. Um uh, are you looking it up right now?
0: I'm looking it up for you right now. It's 1 billion. 1
1: billion. So I was right. Yeah. It is a billion. So so if you break valuation of 1 billion dollars within 3 years, you are what we call a unicorn. And the living in this age now the the difference from traditional media this the this traditional old school thinking and you know unfortunately a lot more smaller minded um less educated minds think that oh it's all about people to people and like you know build the one-on-one networking relationships with my customers but with the age of social media and the ability to scale you're building relationships all the damn time everywhere whether that is youtube whether that's TikTok, whether that's instagram whether that is um whatever blogs, right? Podcasts, right? If you if you're a viewer or not viewer, listener of this podcast, especially if you've been listening to Victor for a long time, you're actually being doctrinated into Victor's into Victor's um sphere, into his business sphere. Meaning, wah, wah, wah. I know it's crazy, right? So if you like his content, this is why there's sponsorships, right? So generally the general the general rule of consumption is that Uh, is that for every $1,000 somebody will spend with you, they usually should uh, absorb about an hour worth of your content. So if you've been watching or listening to Victor's show for a really, really long time, and you're all about building intimacy, right? how to build better connections, build better relationships with people around you, build better relationships with yourself, and you really like Victor's content, if Victor came out with a, let's say, a coaching program where it's just one-on-one, right? maybe it's $1,000, $2,000, doesn't matter how much it is, but if you've been listening to to Victor for hours and hours, and that program comes up, and it's actually exactly what you've been looking for, exactly what you need chances are you're probably going to buy it. They're going to yeah, invest suppose, in it. I suppose to people were specifically looking for it, yeah. Yeah, because, well, they would be because they're listening to your channel. That's important mm. for them. Intimacy is, if, if you're here to learn business strategy, I'm sorry, this is not the right channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's just that's the reality, right? And so if people are coming here to learn about intimacy and then Victor comes up with a program to help people to build better relationships, whether it's your partners, whatever it is, chances are they're going to buy simply because they've absorbed enough of victor's content but but victor didn't have to go and talk to you and be like oh my god like your name is uh, is jeff or your name is sarah and and all of that he didn't have to do that he built a relationship with you by producing content
0: Mm -hmm. and And that's the point you're making about digital and social media
1: yes yes and that's i think that's where a lot of smaller business owners kind of don't really see the opportunity of right like let's say if you own like a print shop or if you own a um an hvac business right like sure Mm -hmm. yes you're generating the leads and generating the sales but if you became a media company and started building relationships through content through media it's a lot it lasts a lot longer and Mm -hmm. it spreads it, it has the potential to spread much more quickly at a fraction of the cost of advertising mm-hmm
0: very interesting i got completely absorbed in what you were saying and completely forgot what i was supposed to ask you but that's, <laughs> that's all good that's all okay
1: good, good the, conversations
0: uh, are sometimes organic
1: yeah chances are chances are if you're listening to this channel you're probably not sure about what i just all said or maybe if you do but um but you're probably not here listening for business strategies
0: yeah for sure for <laughs> sure um Still, though, I think one of the things I really like about people is how interesting I find people in general. And I think part of creating a podcast about intimacy is if you're talking about, you know, human intimacy is just like detailing. Like what what are the like lives of various really different humans? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like for me, I think part of intimacy is is cultivating a sense of compassion and empathy for folks and sort of understanding a lot of different people and where they come from. Mm hmm. So for me, I'm, I'm ready to jam with just about anybody on the podcast, just because <clears throat> if it's someone that I have never really spoken to before on the podcast, especially, or if they just have different life experiences from me, it's, it's both an exercise of my curiosity, um, but then also it's a showcase of just a different facet of the human experience.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking like, you know, other than self-serving for you, which <laughs> just like, oh, this is what I want. I'm curious. What does your audience <laughs> want?
0: Yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, and that's that's part of me not being an entrepreneur with the podcast. It's part of it being just like oh, a lot more. But I mean, hey, if you've got an idea for the podcast or you have a specific thing you want to see more siloed on the show, send me a message on Patreon. Right. Or, or email me I'm or kind- leave some feedback on the website
1: so again i'm not that uh i'm not that engaged in the podcast space i listen sure. to podcasts but again i don't create my own um so i'm kind of curious is there a way for you to have like a survey form is there a um, way for you to link stuff on the podcast so if, if somebody's definitely. listening to this right now so there is
0: Great. Yeah, so I, can,
1: I can put links in the show notes. Awesome. So let's do this. In the show notes for this episode, if uh, we Victor has graciously prepared a survey for you. So if you follow the show <laughs> notes, if you click on the link, uh, you are able to fill out um, just whatever your thoughts are, whether you like the podcast so far and what kind of content you'd like to listen to. It's going to be super simple, very easy questions. No need to think too hard. Um, Victor is going to have all the questions laid out for you. So all you have to do is just fill it out.
0: Awesome. Now I just have to come up with a, with a survey.
1: Yes. Um, but, but by then, the time, was, by the time you're listening to this, you would already have it up. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, there will be a survey. Um, and then so, I just have to figure out what questions to ask and what to do with the information to make the podcast better for my audience.
1: Yeah. If people, if people want to learn more about whether it's relationships to find somebody who's an expert at like, you know, romantic relationships, marriage, marriage problems, right? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. People want to hear more about workplace Right. Relationships, people like, you know, what, how do you deal with people who don't, who you don't like to work with? Yeah. Right. But you have to, all sorts of different ways. Yeah. Other than
0: quitting, you have to. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So at one time you were, you were the Tim, the struggling artist. And at a certain point there was this pivot where you like reinvented yourself as like Tim, the business person. And I'm kind of curious where where you pivoted from being like, I'm going to be an actor to like, lol, JK.
1: Wait, what do you mean?
0: Where you were like when you were going to acting school, I saw you as more of like an acting first kind of person where you were making that like the focus. Right. How did you come to the conclusion? I'm going to start my own agency rather than or even or even that I'm going to become a real estate agent rather than um, acting.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think it was way back when um, back when I was still doing acting. I was doing acting full-time. I was a union member. Um, and when I'm not, like, working on shows as an actor, I was doing, like, background work, which was mm-hmm. super busy, and I was making great money, you know, I bought a lot of frivolous stuff. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, I I was reaching a point of my life. I was in my mid twenties. I was like, is this enough? Because I think that when you're young when you're pursuing your dreams of, I don't know, getting your liberal arts degree or like art history major and all this other stuff, you don't, you just think about what you'd like to do. Cause that's, that's really one of the luxuries we have in the western world is that when you're young you you know if you, you grew up in a fairly okay family you think about it like well what am i passionate about it's very like western individualism
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and the and, and when you're young you're like yeah i'm okay with totally being broke when i'm 50 waiting tables or do, do, or you know not playing, <laughs> just like living in renting my apartment as long as i'm able still able to do the thing that i love which is acting kind of broke my mid twenties (laughs) and it just like, Ooh, like I, I think I want more out of life. I I kind of want more out of life and I want to do more stuff, but it costs money. And like, I have money, but it's not like enough to do all the cool stuff that I want to do. Um, And so I was like, well, how do I do that? And I was thinking, um, I was thinking that like, Oh, maybe I can get into real estate. Maybe I can, you know, get into do real estate, as part time, while I was doing, uh, to to in order for it to supplement my acting mm-hmm. stuff, right? And so, and so that way I have like more money to do other stuff. So I got I worked super hard, got my real estate license in a couple months. I spent the entire summer uh trying to get my license. But at the time, I realized. Um, at the time, I did not real. <laughs> Let me put this. At the time, I may have realized. At the time. <laughs> I knew that I had no business background. I had no business background. I have no experience in any like sales and all this other stuff, like other than my first job, which is at like the source, which is like retail, which is not a real job. (laughs) Let's be (laughs) honest, it's not real skill sets. Um, But when, yeah, so after I got my real estate license, because before that I didn't know any better. Right. So oh, mm-hmm. again, real estate people like, you know, I have people who need help buying homes. Right. And mm-hmm. once I learn how to do it, I can help my friends do it. Um, and once and I, then you helped me do it, I did. I did. I did. Uh, not immediately. No, it took time. It took time. But what happened was that once I got into it, I realized how much I didn't know how much I was missing. I didn't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is actually one of uh, one of the things that I say to my clients is actually what you don't know can actually hurt you. A lot of people think that like, oh, ignorance is bliss. Like actually, ignorance is pain. There's a lot of stuff that you don't know. And if you didn't know something, it could actually hurt you. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I didn't realize was that real estate school only taught you how to not break the law. (laughs) And that's the same thing with every kind of profession out there. For you to be an accountant, for you to be be, uh, any kind of professional services, lawyer and all this other stuff. they teach you how to do the thing when people are already coming to you to do the thing. Right. Right? Like in a plumbing school, like they teach you how to plumb for somebody. if They They don't teach
0: you how to advertise a plumbing
1: company. Yes. They don't teach you how to get new clients, how to put your unique value proposition, business strategy, advertising strategy, sales funnels, like all of this stuff they didn't teach you. And at the beginning, my first year, I struggled really hard. I was like, what's going on? Like, I'm having these conversations and all this other stuff and, you know, doing what, like, because, you know, the brokerages, they have their training, but mm-hmm. looking back now, it's like, man, like, like that's very old school and traditional, right. I, and now I'm, I'm such a tech nerd. And so that's why I like within towards the end of my first year where I found my first mentor, cause I would just stay up all night trying to like, you know, learn like this online business stuff. Cause at the beginning, um, uh, you know, I was sharing all this stuff with with my friends, and being like, "Oh, hey, I'm a realtor now, right? Like, got questions about buying real estate, right? Like, love to help you, and all this stuff." And then nobody cared, <laughs> right? That's the secret. Nobody cared. And your friends and family—if you're starting any type of business, your friends and family are not your clients. They're yeah. not. They just are not. Um, yeah. and-, and
0: it's not sustainable. You run out of friends and family eventually. Once you prospect all of them, then you're out. Yes.
1: Yes, exactly. You're out, <laughs> and so you only have so many friends and family, and the and so for me, I had to figure it out to make it work. It's either it's either I figure this out, this business thing, or I go and and waste wasted my like last year trying to get my license, and so yeah, I try to get on get on the online stuff, learn as much as I can. That's actually how I found my first mentor. It was either make it or break it, and so I, that's I ended up finding my first mentor, started taking courses, and. And that really like is a lot of mindset stuff, really mm-hmm. taught me a lot about mindset stuff. That's really what shifted. And then within uh, right before my first year, the, the end of my first year, I realized I didn't want to be a realtor forever because mm-hmm. he opened my eyes to what was possible in the world of business. And I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. If you have to bleep that out, you can bleep it out. But no, I, it's good I just, fair. oh, okay, great. Um, then I fucking <laughs> love marketing and sales. And I mm-hmm. realized real estate, like real estate is such a specific niche. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific industry. And I realized like, it's good, it, you know, like it's good. It's interesting. Like I learned a ton of stuff about real estate, different strategies and all these different things, but it's not as interesting as advertising, marketing, and sales. Mm-hmm. And so um, once I knew that, then I decided, yeah, I'm, this, this is it. This is what I wanted to do. And because within my first year, like I said, it was it was more about like oh maybe like I'll, just, I'll just do real estate part time and then and then support my acting and then once I figured out the rest of the stuff about business, I was like holy crap! Right. Um,
0: so you went from just not wanting to be poor to realizing you wanted to do something more interesting than real estate to realizing wow I could really do pretty much anything I wanted if I got this business and marketing piece figured out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I can, and that, re- like the mindset shift, realizing mm-hmm. that you can live the life of your dreams and do all this, whatever it is that you wanted to do. And, but also, like, this is something that I really like doing, but also mm-hmm. it, ma- it can make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And so, because it's such a valuable skill set, right? Sure, you're only as good. Don't as, learn it. Yeah. And you're only as good as the, you get paid, um, what is it? You're, you're, you get paid exactly uh, what you're worth in the marketplace. Yeah. So you, the bigger problems that you solve, the more that you get paid.
0: Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you frame the word problem. Cause like, obviously there's going to be elite athletes that are highly valuable because they can make a lot of money. But I mean, like, I guess you could say the problem there is that people want to be entertained in large, large numbers.
1: Well, who's paying them, right? It's the companies right. that are, it's the corporation or not corporate, it's the teams that are paying them right. and, and their problem. Money from the fans right and their problem is that they they need athletes who uh who can garner the most attention right, and entertainment who plays the best because the better teams are going to get more sponsorships mm-hmm. and so they're actually solving athletes are actually not solving a problem for the fans they're actually solving for the teams, problem for yeah. the team
0: that makes sense yeah and and i mean i did i don't actually disagree with anything you said i think there's a question of like, and, and we could definitely get into our like small philosophical differences in terms of being more <laughs> left of center or right of center in terms of like, is it ethical to let a marketplace completely dictate things like this? It's certainly efficient. Um, it certainly works, or at least it does for most people or some people, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you in terms of the, uh, Um, I literally forgot what we were talking about. <laughs>
1: The worth, what you're, what you're worth, the problems that you're able right, to solve right, right. in the I marketplace. Think,
0: right. I think the the issue, that the thing that I was sort of taking issue with is the idea of like inherent worth of a person versus like the worth of what they're producing for society.
1: Yeah. I mean, the worth of a person, you can't put a number on that, right? Right. That was more the, what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. You can't put a number on what a person's worth, but you can mm-hmm. put a number on their productive, their yeah. production of society.
0: For sure. Their production and how the marketplace of society values that productivity. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why, that's why, that's why like liberal arts degrees, they don't, they're not, you know, as valued <laughs> in society. In terms of
0: how productive they are. Yeah. In for terms sure. of how
1: productive they are, how, like how big problems do they solve?
0: Well, and like what businesses have problems that are answered or solved by a liberal arts degree.
1: That's correct. Like, I'm not I'm like, not bashing liberal arts degrees I get it like you know we all like I again I went to school for you acting have one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <it> was, <laughs> not really, but I went to school for acting, right? So sure. like if you if you get if you get a liberal arts degree, you just know like you just know, you just need to go in with the expectation that you're probably not going to get hired at a data analytics firm who needs like enterprise level analytics because that's a big problem for a major company.
0: Right. Unless they're looking at something like EDI, because having a more diverse workforce actually improves productivity um, and profitability. Right. And then like thing, get a, things like that. Then there'll be one of you. They'll be exactly one of you. That that's company. right.
1: That's right This is exactly one of you. there won't be like fifty of you in in the same yeah. company yeah
0: yep i'm uh, I'm doing some work like that at work right now and uh and and putting my uh like none of my training to work because like all my training's in science, so it's really neat to be like in a position where they're like Hey, we're really interested in all of your like experience volunteering and all this stuff. It has real value to us as a company. You want to come like volunteer your time at the company <laughs> instead? And I'm
1: like, Did you say no? And we're well, like, I'd like they, to be paid.
0: They said that I could do it during paid hours, so I'm like, so I could do my regular job or I could do all this other stuff. Ah, I like variety, so I said I said yes to it actually. But uh, pretty much everybody I know who works in EDI is like. Why?
1: Why would you do that to yourself? So no, but you know what? I think it, it creates lots of room for leverage. Like if you I start, agree. it's it's a lot easier to, for to have somebody pay you once you start taking away results versus. Um, promising results versus promising guaranteed. results, exactly that they haven't seen that they maybe they're not educated on, right? This is um, one of the reasons why, like it's it's for me, like I, I don't usually sell to people who don't have any kind of advertising experience mm-hmm. because it's such an uphill battle. So, like if yeah. you're a new advertiser, like you better like you better be really interested, like man, I need to start advertising. Mm-hmm. And start getting good results because what I'm currently doing, either I want to improve or or it's not working because it's I I can't I'm not here to convince anybody.
0: Yeah, even when even when you became my real my realtor temporarily right at the tail end, I came to you and was like, hey, I need a realtor. How do you feel about this? And you were like, ah, I'm not really doing that anymore. But yeah, I'll take you on as a client. It was like I, I had to sell myself the service that was you. <laughs>
1: I was like, come help me. I have a problem. Uh, I need it solved. Yeah, no, but but that's exactly it, right? How big of a problem is it in the marketplace? Right. Um, but yes, I remember that. That's that's really like that's really a big it's part a great of story. No, it is. It's a great story. Uh, that's that's uh, that's really how I like to do business. Is because you you really need to figure out what problems you're solving and mm-hmm. go and find people with that problem. And if people are coming to you kind of like curious about what you're selling and all this other stuff, it's a big waste of time. It's like, do you have this problem? Like, no, I'm just curious. Then you're not gonna buy. We're not gonna do business together. And if you really wanna learn and solve, right, here's some content that I would recommend you, right? Here's Mm -hmm. here's these books, here's these videos you can watch. But to get like my time to actually like, you know, let's talk about what problems you have. Otherwise,
0: right. You know, I I wanna do meaningful work for a client that's actually needing the work
1: yeah it's it's different when i go to somebody who is who's already experienced in advertising and i'm just like well are you having these problems or like yes we've been trying to to solve this on our, our team we don't have anybody in house to to solve right. it and you're like oh i have a solution for you great suddenly right? it's, and like, it's cool do you want to do business yeah and it's easier to be like you know what why don't i and again to going back to 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 what you're saying about leveraging things like <laughs> you know what why don't i solve this for you for free and then I sell it for you for free. And then if, if we solve it and you have other problems, you pay me. Interesting. So that's, 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 that's almost, this is just like a, a marketing thing. That's like a loss leader. It's just like oh, an okay. offer. It's just, it's just a unique value proposition.
0: Right. You give them this syringe full of like free advertising and you're like, your first here's, one's free.
1: Exactly. It's like, here's a, here's a, here's a freebie to see what, right. to see what we can do. And here's the results. And improved if it result. makes you money, you're going to want to reinvest that. Yeah, because because especially with PPC and data analytics, it's always fluctuating. Like you need somebody mm-hmm. to kind of keep an eye on it, and so mm-hmm. it's not like a set it and forget, forget kind it kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. but it's the same thing. Same thing with you too, right? So if you yeah. go to your company and be like, "Hey, we were doing this thing. Here's right. all the results that we've gotten. I like to be paid. Yeah. Otherwise, this is not going to stick around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I'm definitely. Um. I'm definitely already thinking about like, cool. I've in the last year, I've increased the ways that I add value. I've, I've delivered pretty decent results, I think. Um, and I recently gave a presentation um, on EDI that was... I was only given five minutes, but I got a personal email from the CEO congratulating me on the presentation, being like, I know how hard that is, and like, you, like, you have my respect. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I was not expecting that. So... Yeah, I think things are going in a really positive direction, and I I like where I work, which is really nice.
1: Good man.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really happy note to leave off on. Yeah. I'm enjoying life in this pandemic yes. somehow.
1: Oh my, it's really it's the pandemic is really what you make of it.
0: Oh geez, yeah. Provided that you don't have like immediate family who have died and
1: such, yes. but. That's like that's <laughs> like the exceptions. one. That's the one exception where I'm just like I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, but if you've
0: literally had people oh, die. and You were very sorry. But you also, we're very
1: sorry. Yes, it's not. Yeah. It's it's not. Yeah, I know people whose like family has died during yeah. the yeah. Um, yeah, I think pandemic. we all do. I think um, yeah. Like
0: my dad had long COVID for like eight months. Like he Damn. was he was touch and go for a, for a little while there. Yeah, the first couple months it was like stroke symptoms and like. It was, it was pretty bad, but he's he's sort of on the mend now, and he is really old, okay. and he didn't have as much access to vaccines because he lives in India. So, right. you know, there was –
1: and, yeah.
0: But we could go happy on notes. and on. Happy
1: notes. We're leaving, on a, We're leaving note. you on a happy <laughs> note. We're leaving on a happy note because other than, other than your family or people close to you dying, the pandemic really is what you make of it because, you know, because we can see it as a – as a curse that like all these negative things that's happening, right. The lockdowns, the, the, the masks, the vaccines and all this, all this bogus, or we can see it as, okay, what, what can I do with this opportunity? What, what new opportunities am I given from this? Right. Like now what I, problems do people need solved? Right. Or even just like bettering yourself. Like that was actually at the beginning sure. of my t- pandemic was when I was, cause I was already doing advertising marketing stuff before I, I was like, I learned some stuff and during at the beginning of the lockdown, it's like, well, everything's shutting down and uh, my the joke that I made was never waste a good pandemic. And so I just poured myself in tons of resources learning about like digital advertising, digital marketing, all this copywriting took oh, that's, right. that's that was you launching your company was like basically the no, pandemic. No, that wasn't no, the pandemic oh, was that was two years ago. that was just me improving like my skills and just getting better and I was still doing real estate. I actually didn't launch my company until last year 2011 like it right, took 2021, That 2011. 2021. Yeah. So
0: it literally took like the whole pandemic of improving yourself to get to the point where you felt like, cool. Now I'm launching this company.
1: Yes. Yeah. It took me, it took me the pandemic for me to, to just keep upping my skills. Cause I knew I wanted it out cause I knew I wanted to do something else a long time ago. Yeah. It was just, um, Having it was just and confidence yeah to do it and then once uh, once 2020 like mid 2021 rolled around i did the tony robbins thing and all this you know the unleash mm-hmm. the power within for anybody who hasn't done it definitely do it um uh, that'll yeah that'll get you going about if you're having relationship problems intimacy problems man check out check out some tony robbins stuff listen to some of that
0: cool well thank you again for another awesome session here in Infinite interactions
1: thanks man happy to be here always happy to come back
0: if you if you have me again so how did you like it intimates discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash intimate victor or tweet me at intimate victor or follow my instagram you guessed it at intimate victor if you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going head to patreon.com slash victorsalmon we hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours if not you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online especially itunes or you can just tell a friend The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords and played by an AI rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well.